Hey, I'm, I'm joined here today uh, with Ed, one of my close friends from coaching. And today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the, the main characteristics that most coaches at every level have if they want to be successful. And the first one that I want to talk about today is is character. And when you think about character, right, you can look at the definition of character and you can see character, someone that basically doesn't look out for themselves, but looks out for others. And even when they want to do necessarily, not necessarily the wrong thing, but taking a shortcut, they won't. And so those are the people that you're wanting to, do you want those coaches who have character to work with your players at every level and you know that's really important so ed what do you think what do you think about character and these aren't any any particular order but they're just i believe it's one of the characteristics that every single successful coach has at every level well thanks rod um character to me especially in coaching is really about your integrity and and you're you're coming across as being a genuine individual. Anybody can teach anybody anything. And there's an old saying that goes, your it's not the diploma that hangs on your wall, but it is your education and your behavior that shows out of it. And I think a lot of times we we get we get mixed up with and we get confused between who we are and our character. And people don't understand that they're really intertwined that your passion for what you do and what you want to do and accomplish in life many times has to be intertwined with your character because you have every day that you step onto that field, you're not only giving of your time to, to individuals, to kids, to players, to students, you're not giving your time. You're, you're giving life, a part of life to them. And so with that, you have to give a little bit of yourself and a little bit of yourself every day as you know, as you continue on this journey, character with you is, is doing the right things, right? People say doing the right things when nobody's looking, doing the right things when not necessarily it's good for you and it doesn't benefit you, but benefits somebody else, everybody else. There's just too many people. And, and I think that we, we need to check ourselves in terms of our character. Can we do the right things? Can we, can we do for the benefit of others, even though it may conflict with us? even though we may put ourselves through things, is our character going to say, and our values that are, that are, that are intertwined with that and is going to say, yes, I'm doing the right things. I'm doing the things that I need to do. Um, am I going down the right path? Is there things that I need to be doing better based on my values, based on how I perceive myself, how I perceive others. So that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, that's really important. You said something that was very interesting and because a lot of people miss it. You said that you cannot separate what you do with on the field. You, your life is not in compartments. Your life is a whole. And that's how we have to live our life. We live our life as a whole, not, you know, we're coaching or we're working our job or we're working in the yard or whatever we're doing, right? There, there's no separation. And people with character doesn't, don't have those separations in their lives that I'm, I'm going to be this way over here and this way over here. It's not the case. It's all um, 
it's all this it's all they're all they're, they're always the same in any environment that they're in and that's really important we have to stand too that that kids kids college age players professional players they all pick up on that because they all have this ability right to look at you because they're all watching you and then they and the day and age of so much media and so much so many things out there they probably know someone that knows you in a different environment so you could be talking about one thing on the field with these players but they know your life and your job right or they know your life at home with your kids because maybe one of your kids is friends with them at school or friends of a friend and they find out things are different and so you 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 know it takes a lifetime to build character but it only takes one second to destroy it so it's really important to understand that the next one i want to talk about is is vision right our vision i was talking with someone the other day about coach being able to share their vision for the game with the players that the players understand that vision and they and they see the vision as the coach sees the vision but just as important in that vision is right that vision is much like character right the vision is something that you truly believe in it's your core values it's what you don't change right you might make a different plan right you might make a different plan for a specific team or a specific tournament or a specific you know playing in the finals of something you might make a different plan but your vision doesn't change and that's one thing that I really like about Pep Guardiola is that people especially with the England they say oh he'll change he'll change he'll change his vision has never changed his planning has changed he plays a little bit different against different teams different times of the year different competition but his vision of the game has not changed his core values of the game has not changed and that's really what I really I find that very intriguing that to watch coaches to see that no matter what they don't change their vision. And what do you think about that? I think vision goes hand in hand with what your goals are in life. Right? That it, if you if you have a vision, to me it, it's almost the same. Right? If you if you have a vision for something and it really is just about it's it's a want, right? A vision is kind of like what you where you perceive yourself to be. But I think many times is that we get so caught up in our vision that we don't live in the moments that we're currently in, that we're always anticipating the next moment, right? And so we're kind of, we're always pulled forward. But a lot of times, sometimes you have to go backwards in order to go forwards as well. How do you fulfill your vision? Fulfill your vision is a want, right? So if you want to be good, Right. There's it was a great it was a great excerpt and it takes what it takes with Trevor Moab. It's kind of like my Bible now, you know, and he says that if you want to be good, you don't really have a lot of choices. Right. And it's and it goes the same thing with your vision. If that's what you want, you don't have a lot of choices in order to get there. But the problem is, is with the visions is that we are as our needs change with ourselves. So does our vision and people like Pep and everybody else in those higher levels they've achieved the pinnacle many times of their success. We're not there. That The big issue is that in our visions, the problem is that our visions, we don't aim, we don't aim high and miss. We aim low and hit, right? So, so in our goals and our visions of what we want and what we have this perception of what life is, 
we get we get caught up too much in that and that we don't enjoy the moments that we're in you know and it's kind of and it's kind of a difficult thing for us to do you know i recently wrote down that sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what life would be like which is your vision and learn to find the joy in the story that you're living now right in order to get there and and i think enjoying what we do now going forward is is there's nothing wrong about we're all forward thinkers i think that's what that's what makes life exciting is that we we forward think and and the possibilities and we dream and but it's really our are we willing to commit to that dream are we willing to commit to that vision whatever that may look like and be all in because in reality if you're all in you don't have a choice to achieve that right choice exactly yeah, I mean, exactly, right? I mean, it's it's like, you know, your vision, right? Your vision, right, is again, there's there's two different things. There's a vision and there's a plan. Plans change yes. all the time. Plans change all the time. But if your vision is, let's take, let's take Microsoft, for instance. Microsoft's vision when they first started was to, they wanted to be, they wanted every household to have a, a personal computer. That was their vision. Their vision hasn't changed, but through the process, right, through the process of getting feedback, getting positive feedback, getting criticism, uh, finding out what worked, what didn't work, their vision, they've changed the plan practically every single day, but they haven't changed the vision of being in every single household in the world. That was their, that was their vision. So, but through that, as you said, through that, right, through that, they had to live in the moments of those, of those moments of the criticism, of the positives, of making a new program, putting something on the computer that makes it work better, make it smaller, whatever they were doing, they were living in those moments, marching toward the vision. And obviously we can see today, I mean, they're practicing in every household, right? That's, that's what visionaries do, right? They, they don't get distracted, right? They don't, they don't get distracted. What they say is they say when someone says, hey, let's go do this, do that. They say that I'm working on something or I can't do this. They, they say no in order to continue the forward progress. Even if it's, even if it's a situation where uh, it might be your vision and someone comes along and offers you this lucrative position in, in their company, then your vision might suffer because you're going to take all your time away from this lucrative position in this particular company. So those are some of the, the decisions that you have to make. So again, plans change, but vision doesn't change. The next one I want to think about, talk about is motivation. A, a coach has to be a motivator. And what we always think about most of the time is the raw, raw guy, the cheerleader, right? That's what we, that's what we mostly think about as a motivator. But what I want to talk about as a motivator is all those things combined. Combine the coach that can, can be the cheerleader, the coach that can lead by example. What I mean by that is, right, they're there early, right? Trainings at, you know, on the professional trainings at 10 o'clock. They're there at seven in the morning. They're the first ones to arrive. They're putting in the work. They're making sure they're prepared to give you, give the player the best situation, the best training they can have in the next hour and a half or two hours. And then it's, the, and then it's the, the motivator who doesn't have to say anything, 
who just can, who that coach can just look, give you a look and you know, hey, okay, it's, it's time to get down to business. And so what do you think about those? I think a lot of times motivation has to come from within. Um, you, you have to find out, I, to me, motivation is really about your why. If you don't, can't figure out your why and why you do things, why you're here, why internally you, you, you're, what, what's driving you, external motivations are just that, right? They're, they're dependencies. Um, and all it does is validate you in reality. But your internal motivation, yes, coaches can do all those things and inspire and, and, and light that spark that hasn't been there in players in quite a while because of past experiences, because of other external factors, whatever they may be. But if you don't have your internal why, whatever you're selling to them, whatever you're trying to motivate players to do, it's, it can only take you so far. They're going to do what you say because you're the coach, Right. But the question is, it's how beyond the pitch, beyond it, beyond the, the, the field, beyond the, the, the complex, whatever you're at, does it go beyond that? And what kind of impact and motivation are you going to be motivated not only to be a one dimensional, like all I care about is this player to motivate him so we can win. Great. You can do that all day long. I think coaches can do that all day long and they've proven they can do that all, all day long. But the real challenge is, can we motivate outside these four walls? Can we impact people's lives, right? Can we move forward with them? Because at the end of the day, who we're dealing with are people, right? We're dealing with humans. Because coaches, you know, our worth as coaches and our motivations, you know, isn't found in our wins and losses, you know, on, on our resumes, right? But the impact made on the game and in our players' lives. That's the true motivation because they feel that, right? They feed off your energy. If you don't, like you said, you, you can show up, players can show up. They know they're motivated because of your presence. A lot of times people's presence themselves is a motivator because what they're saying is if this person's here, that means this is important. It's kind of like your kids, right? If you go, if you take your kids and, and you, Everybody knows mom and dad's busy. Mom and dad has a you know busy lifestyle because of the they have to work to put food on the table, right? And to clothe us and to educate us. But when your child and studies have shown that when you take time out of your busy day and your work day and you go to your children's school to volunteer, to go to in you know noontime events, whatever the case is, that that child all of a sudden has a greater likelihood to succeed in school because they see that if mom and dad are here, that means what I'm doing is important. Therefore it's important to me. Right. And they start seeing an intrinsic value in that. So that's where the motivation comes from is that we have to lead by example many times in order to motivate others that whatever they, whatever they want to do or to motivate them at that moment can actually bear fruit. Makes sense. Exactly. And, and like, I think, I think the key there is, right, the key in all that you said is the internal motivation. All of us, all of us as humans, right, enjoy when someone recognizes our work. But we know how we are as humans, right, that our work is a lot of times never recognized. 
So you have to be internally driven, right? And it goes back to what you said, just like you say, the coach has to have a why. The player has to have a why, a why they're doing it. Are they doing it because, you know, at the professional level, because they're good at it and they can make money at it? Are they doing it because they want to be the best, the best player to ever walk on the pitch? Do they want, at the professional level, do they simply want to cultivate their influence by being at a high level so that when they leave the game, they can influence other areas. Who knows what that internal motivation is, but there must be that internal motivation. And without that internal motivation, there won't be success. There will be, there's always a ceiling without, without internal motivation. You know, sort of the, the next topic here, next sort of characteristic would be communicator. How does the coach communicate? And this is something that I look at other coaches, right? And it's and I look at I look at coaches at every level, and I say, okay, you can have that that screamer, that shouter, that calm guy who who brings or that calm you know woman who's coaching who um, brings this sort of peaceful presence to the group, you know, or you have that guy that is just demanding, right? Demanding and grinding, or you have that that person that has very good body language that, that, that communicates, you know, how you, how you're feeling, what you should be doing without any, without any, without any verbal, right. Without any verbal communication. And I believe all those things are important. And I also believe that you have to know your group, but you have to go more than that. You have to know your group as players. You have to know your, your players as players, but you also have to know your players as individuals. So then that becomes that relational aspect of it and i believe that communication will your relationship with your players will determine to determine how well your communication connects with the individuals of the group oh yeah completely Com- i completely agree agree with that you know, our communication, a lot of times, it, it, today's technology doesn't, in reality, doesn't do us any favors. It really doesn't. It doesn't do our youth any favors. You know, um, how many times do we actually use the phone for what's intended to talk on it, right? We don't have that anymore. Getting on the phone is a very strange thing to today's generation. Uh, they talk. They, you, there's so many different ways to text. Right. So many apps to text. Not only do you, you know, you can text from your phone directly, but you also have programs in order to text. We make it very convenient in our communications to text or to communicate with each other in today's day and age. But the problem is that with our tech, with our communications, that many times we communicate to talk and not to listen. Many times over and over again. We communicate to reply and not to absorb and to fully understand and to empathize with people. Our communication with our players many times is, yes, this is what I want you to do. But many times you also have to be specific in what you want. You can't be ambiguous with kids. You can't be ambiguous with with parents. You can't be ambiguous with your employer because that ambiguity becomes fr- turns into frustration. Well, what do you mean? The big infamous W-Y-D-M, what do you mean, you know, um, acronym that you see in text with kids all the time. I think the communication is a lost art now. Um, y- y- you know, 
people we if you communicate with somebody on a concept or anything that, that your voice inflection the look on your face the body language if you're talking from the heart people can feel that people can feel that people can see that it's very hard to communicate with people um beyond that and here's another thing it is very important you have to speak the same language if if what i'm talking about to you rod if we were if I knew that if I was a football player and I said, you need to run this pattern and I'd say, you need to go do a J hook, whatever that looks like. Right. To me, it may mean you run 10 yards and then you hook and I throw the ball to you, but to you, a J hook may be 20 yards and do a hook. We have to speak the same language. So in order for us to do that, we have to build a relationship with each other. Um, if I say circle to you, I may think golf ball. You may think soccer ball, right? So our communication, our language has to be the same in order for us to be successful with what whatever we try to do. To go back to your original question, vision, right? How are we going to communicate that? How are we going to achieve that together? You know, um, but we have to speak the same language. Yeah, no, no question. I mean that that was that's really. I really like that from the perspective of speaking the same language. And that's something that we talk about all the time um, in, in soccer is creating the, so creating the same soccer language, creating a football language, if you want to say, and, you know, in those terms, because, you know, it's like you can say, right, like you said, you can say push up. But push up might mean for a group of players on one team one thing and a group of players on another thing or you might say squeeze and squeeze means something to one group and it means different to another group so you have to establish that right you have to establish that language and how do you establish that language you have to be relational you have to know one another you have to connect with one another on a deeper level than just showing up rolling the balls out putting on a training session having a good training session, everybody having a blast, everyone playing at their highest level. That's still not enough to really have effective, positive communication each time you walk out on the field to be prepared to, to play. The next one, something that we all talk about all the time is teaching, right? We have to be teachers, right? But we don't have to be, but we can't just be teachers of the game. We have to be teachers of life. And that is what's really difficult in, to, in, in today's age with, with every player, right? I, I read something the other day that said that at the, at the professional level, so many coaches now are looking at players as enterprises, meaning that each person is their own individual enterprise because they're so all professional. Most, most professional soccer players or football players are looking to create a brand, are looking to brand themselves to create more revenue streams for when the game is done because with social media, the more likes, the more followers, all those things creates your chances of creating more revenue that in essence, you will have a business already started by the time you retire from the game or you get injured from the game. You can't play anymore. Right? So that's really, I think teaching has to be a holistic approach. It just can't be about the game. It has to be about, you know, use the word relational, has to be about the game. Teaching has to be about how you communicate. Teaching has to be how you show respect. Teaching has to be all of this. And so I believe that these best 
top level coaches. That, and when I talk about top level, I'm not just talking about the Pep Goros over the world. I'm talking about the youth coaches showing up and coaching two teams and giving everything each time they walk on the field. I'm talking about that college coach, right, who's out recruiting, who's recruiting the best student athlete possible so that that student can have a great life when they walk out, when they walk down, walk on the stage and get their diploma and graduate from, from, from college. That's what I'm talking about when, I, when I'm talking about um, taking the holistic approach as a teacher. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. So to me, teaching and mentoring are almost, they're interchangeable. They're pretty much the same. Um, but we don't, we, I think coaches don't, a lot of times don't realize that when you're teaching something, you're also mentoring them because the experience that they have with you is going to affect them as an experience later on when they're parents. Because how many times do you hear parents all the time going, I had a coach that once, right? And whatever their experience was, they go into it. It was a bad experience. It was a good experience, right? And, and you hear comments all the time. I hope my kid has a better experience than I did, right? So along the way, we, we, here's the thing, Rod. We are a product of our environment. We are a product of, we become who we surround ourselves with. So teaching them the, not only the X's and O's and going beyond that, but teaching them about life, right? You don't have to be an eloquent person. You just have to speak from the heart and they have to feel that. It goes back to your communication. It goes back to your vision. They have to feel it. And I think that a lot, again, they will do what they tell you to, you will tell them to do because you are the coach. But in reality, they may say, yeah, yeah, Coach Rod, yeah, we're going to do what you want. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to, you're, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, but I don't have buy-in. I'm, I'm going to have buy-in. I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to do what you want me to do for the next hour and a half. But come that hour and 31 minutes at that, at that 31 minute mark, I'm done. I'm out. I'm grabbing my backpack and I'm leaving. And I'll see you the next hour and a half, two days later. But how you impact somebody and teaching them. You're, once you're a coach, in my opinion, you're like a mentor. You're like a parent. It never stops. You're 20, it's 24-7. You can't, if you're really invested in your players, you can't help. But when you drive home, you, you, you worry about them, right? You worry about their life choices. You worry about the things that they're surrounding themselves with every day. That's, to me, that's teaching all the time. That's mentoring. That's somebody who, you, you just that one thing you can do can save them from making a much greater mistake because as they get older if we don't teach them the right way and we're not mentoring them the consequences of their actions can be more significant than they are as kids you know and and they're going to grow up in a much bigger world because it's someday it's like with my children i want to teach them the right way because one day i'm not going to be here and i want them to be survivors i want them to be fully functioning i want them to thrive all that and we have to think of that same thing with our players at some time we're going to hand our players off to somebody else would it isn't it a great feeling as a teacher as a coach that they take a piece of you with them to that and who who they evolve as a player is because of the pieces of your life that you gave to them whatever that may look like that's how i see it 
Yeah, I mean, and, and use the word impact. And this, this is, for me, and I'll get your take on it, but for me, of everything we've spoken about, we've talked about vision, we've talked about communicating, we've talked about teaching, you know, we've talked about being a motivator, we've talked about all these things here, but the thing that ultimately all this leads to is a few words that you, you use that really stand out. Mentor and implant, being impactful, but being an influencer. So ultimately, the coach, coach's ultimate goal is to be an influencer. If you look at the best influencers, right, they never knew they were influencing anybody. They just do what they do, right? They just Absolutely. do what they do. They just, they just, yes. they're just who they are. It, ex, it exudes them. People can see them. People can feel them. People can read them. People can understand them. People are drawn to them. Yeah, exactly, right? And, it, and it's more than just being charismatic because there's a lot of charismatic people that aren't influencers. There's a lot of charismatic people that get people around them, but they can't, they can't teach people anything. They can't mentor them. I'm talking about that person that, that is an influencer, right? Because if I think back of all from, from the moment I kicked the soccer ball till this day, I can tell you every single coach that's been an influence in my life and today, and the age I am right now, there's, there are things that they have shown me that I still take to heart 30, 40 years later. That's what, it, that's what the goal has to be for every coach. And don't get me wrong about any of this. As coaches, we're competitors. We've been athletes. We've been, you know, we might be competitive on the field. We might be competitive in a different sport. We might be competitive in our business. We might own our own business and we have competitors out there. We might be a CEO of a large corporation. We, but we are, we have this competitive nature and that's why we're involved in sport. So ultimately, we're influencing players to be quality people that they can in turn, like what, I, what I've written about before is, having that exponential impact, meaning that, yes, I touch one person, but now this one person, and it just evolves and evolves and evolves. Almost like I wrote this one time years ago, I, I, I said this before, our lives should be about, should be like an earthquake, but it shouldn't be the normal earthquake because the epicenter of the earthquake, the further and further you go away from the epicenter, the smaller and smaller, you, the less and less you can feel the shake, but we should be like an earthquake in the sense that when we, when we speak, when we influence, it doesn't get weaker, but it gets stronger and stronger, no matter how far away you are in today's world, but by having all these WhatsApps and social medias and all these things, can your epicenter be just as impactful 5,000 miles away from where you are? And that's what we want to do, but we have to take it back down to the, to the level that we are right now is, doing this individual player, doing this individual team, can we be an influencer? If we can influence, job's done. No matter how many trophies you have, Absolutely. no matter how many plus clubs you have, no matter how many MVPs you have, no matter how many coach of the years you have, but if a player can sit 30 years from now and say, I remember coach so-and-so, and I still remember what he said to me and that still influences me today, job done. Without a doubt, completely. I mean, it's like I, I had a text the other day from a from a parent of a of a 
seven-year-old girl I coached three years ago. And to this very day, I mean, she texts me out of the blue. She says, once her coach, but always in her heart. That was three years ago to a seven-year-old girl that I coached in the academy system. She's to this very day, I see her around the complex and I see her around the fields and she smiles and, you know, and we high five and she, you know, her mom would text me all these great things. Cause she says, Hey, can you tell coach Ed that I did this? I've accomplished this. That was three years ago for a seven-year-old girl, right? How many seven-year-olds remember things in life? So I guess I must've <laughs> done something right. Right. Yeah. And, and you talk about influencing and to me, it goes back to your vision and your why, right? And your communication, all those things wrapped up together, it, you know, you becomes your product and becomes your legacy. So why not make it a good one? Exactly. I mean, exactly. And the, I, I love that word legacy, right? I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to mentor some people that are very wealthy people. I mean, at, I, you know, and very influential people. And what I always tell them is that, look, what, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your legacy to be? You know, and even for me, like, I mean, even like, you know, working my way down, coaching at the professional level, when a player, when I lose a player, like, because he gets a better contract somewhere else, I'm happy for that player. And I want the player to be the best of the best. But I also feel a little part of me going away because oh, I never feel like I've done Mike, I never feel like I'm finished influencing that person. And the greatest thing about it is now is like over these years, right? I've been in the game a long time and even players that I've coached, give me an idea, one, a few weeks ago, one of my players that I coached, gosh, I mean, probably, I don't know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I coached. He, he sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, um, my dad, passed away you know I, he thought about you so much he was really really enjoyed the time and so I wanted to make sure you were you were someone that I reached out to and I just wrote back and I said this guy was I said your dad was like a second dad to me and he goes you know I didn't know that but the people I've touched I've told that my dad had passed away that I know my dad on the soccer level have said the same thing that you said so just see the influence of that one guy right and he says, I never knew my dad had that kind of influence on people's lives. And you'll never know many times. I mean, it may take years, right? And sometimes you may not know at all. But how they, how they live their life, right? You can always probably take based on your relationship with that individual saying, hey, I, I had a part to play in that. It's like to this very day when, when kids go off and they go off and do different things. Instead of just saying, hey. I influenced you to be at that next level. I reverse it. And I say, I'm blessed that I was a part of their journey, right? That you're a part of that. It's sometimes that subtle influence is that sometimes, here's another thing, that they can influence us. Well, and, it, oh, and yeah. because of our experiences with them has made us better coaches, better people, better parents. Yep. Right. If we can take away, it's it's not always just a one way street. It's, it could be both ways. And I think that impactfulness and that legacy, a lot of times can work both ways. Right. Humble yourself more. It's like I always humble yourself more before God. Right. And, yeah. and to recognize those things and to be have that attitude of gratitude. 
all the time, always. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that's, that's it, that attitude of gratitude, right? I mean, you, everybody wants to be the best version of themselves, right? And everyone's trying to be the best version of themselves. They always, they want that, they want that, they want that. But what we have to understand is, what I have, what I have come to understand is, the more I push, the less I am becoming the best, best version of myself. But the more I relax and let God lead the way, the more I become a better version of myself. And that's by becoming a better version of yourself, you can achieve those things. Of, you can achieve that important factor of being an influencer. But I think it's really important to understand, too, is that we might be influenced, but we're also influenced. I can think of numerous stories where, you know, I remember this one time I'm coaching in Sacramento, I'm, I'm on the sideline in the, in the DA um, playoffs. And, and one of the coach, one of the, I mean, shouting at one of the players and everyone that knows me knows sometimes I could be a serious shouter, right? <laughs> and he looks back over at me and he goes, coach, I'm trying my best. And I just look at him, I said, okay. I, I, you know, it's like, and, and that day, really that day kind of changed my whole perspective. Like, coach, I'm doing the best I can. I'm like, Okay, I get it, man. I get it. You know, and that that's real important to also understand to be influenced by those as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's spot on, hundred um, percent. I think that, and and here's the thing: it's not honestly not every influence is is positive. A lot of times, no. it, it's. I look at it this way: we all have achieved our goals, and this is you know this is what we want. Again, want is a motivator right? But commitment is the execution with everything. But a lot of times we have to sometimes take a look back and it's not, it's not what we want to set out to be, but maybe it's this journey is about what we're not supposed to become. If that makes sense. Right. It's, perfect sense, it's, yeah. And and I think that's sometimes we get that kind of mixed up because we're, we're so used to, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. And this is where we want to go. And then we don't, we don't get there. But look at who we've become along the way and look who we didn't become as a result of it um, with that. So that there's your impact. That's a lot of times your legacy that and that those teaching things. Maybe you're taught not to, you know, that at the end of the day that, that these not, these guys don't become professional soccer players and they don't play in college. Right. These kids don't do any of those things. But you know what? The discipline, the character, uh, the values that that come out of it, they have now applied that to their own lives. And as a result of that, have become really, really good people. Right. And yeah. Yeah. they're not this other person, you know, that's not socially responsible, that doesn't think of others that doesn't understand the value of teamwork, doesn't value the discipline, right? So those are the type of things I think, you know, are, are really important. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really, I mean, and, and I'll leave it at this. There's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a biblical scholar that I read pretty much every day. And one of his quotes is, Sometimes God doesn't have things, sometimes things, sometimes things that happen to you are not because they are 
going to allow you to achieve something, but they're going to teach you character. And that's what you should be worried about is character. And that's what we talked about earlier. If our character's there, we can have influence. If our character's there, we can create relationship. If our character's there, we can be a good communicator. Not, maybe not the most eloquent speaker, but we can be an impactful communicator. If our character's there, we can be a good motivator.